0: welcome to the journey to midwifery podcast i'm your host amber wilson a doctor nurse midwife turned podcast host it is our job and passion as midwives to listen to everyone else's story their journey their birth story now it's our turn to share so here i am asking these midwives what's your story Join me each episode to hear the journey, the passion, and the mission of midwives today. Hello, podcast listeners. Today we have Laura, who's a certified nurse midwife in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So Laura, say hey, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Hi, um, it's good to talk with you, Amber. Um, my name is Laura Lar, and um, like you said, I did just, um, I live in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I just moved here from Philadelphia in June, um, <clears throat> and I moved out here to join a practice in a small town um, about 30 minutes north of here called Auburn. And um, there's a birthing center up there that um, the midwife that I'm working with started several years ago and so that's what brought me out here I'm a brand new midwife I have a family I have my my husband um, was willing to relocate even after all the work that he's done to build up his um, his work in Philadelphia he was willing to kind of follow my dream out here and then I have three daughters my oldest is in college so she's not with us but my other two daughters um, are 17 and um,
0: 12. So. Wow. And they all relocated for you. Yes. For my dream job. They're amazing family. (laughs) That is so sweet. I I'm excited to get into more of your job as we get into this interview, because it sounds amazing. Um, so share with us what made you go, what made you decide you wanted to be a midwife? What is your why? Um,
1: so I, I think I always knew growing up that I, had a heart to go into just compassion work um working with people and help because I just have like a natural tendency towards um, helping others and um my dad's a physician internal medicine so I would hear his stories with his patients and his relationship with his patients and I always found that intriguing um But I never was really good in in, in, uh, math and science in school, so I did not go that route in college. Um, I um, ended up, after graduating from college, I ended up just wanting to be a mom, and um, my husband and I met in college. We got married very young, and when I was um, pregnant with my first daughter at the age of 23, I just loved my pregnancy so much, and um, I did, I actually had Knowing people. I lived in Kentucky at the time. We lived there for five years, our first five years of marriage. And I had heard about Frontier um, Midwifery School. I knew of some people who used some midwives um, with their pregnancies and even had home births. And I was like, wow, I'd never at that point had never even heard about that. But because of my dad being a physician and you know, I guess like all the, the fear factor of first pregnancy and all of that, I decided to go the route of an OBGYN and hospital birth, but as natural as possible. <clears throat> um, I loved my OBGYN. He was great, but unfortunately did not come to my birth. Um, so it was a doctor on call and was not a good experience. And after that, I just realized, um, for sure I wanted, I mean, I had such a normal birth. It was just the interaction with the doctor that wasn't well, wasn't good that I just wanted to go the route of the midwife. Um, I did a first center with my second one and then I did a home birth with my third and I working with the midwives. That was what really made me realize that's what I wanted to do. And by that point I had already become an RN. I like, You know, my story of becoming an RN was just because, like I said, I think I always knew I was supposed to do that. It just took confidence building to go back to school. Mm -hmm. So I did. I did go back, um, like just for my associates, and then I knew I wanted to become a midwife by that point. So I then went, gotten my bachelor's in nursing, got pregnant with my third, and then ended up taking some time, quite a few years, before I went finally went back to
0: get my master's in midwifery. So. So, but I, spe- I under I understand RN is natural to go to CNM, but especially with your experience with home birth, what made you choose CNM versus like a direct entry midwife?
1: Um. Well, my own preference, personally, with um with uh the kind of midwife that I wanted to have was a CNM. I had a CNM with my home birth as well. Mm-hmm. Um which was hard to find. I, I I didn't even know that there was any C&Ms doing home births in Philadelphia at the time, but I did find one. And, um, I just felt more of a comfort level myself with Mm. C&M just because I, it wasn't as, um, uh, unfortunately in the Philadelphia area, um, at, at the time CPMs, um, were not as common and talked about and they're not as, quote, unquote, at the time legitimate, which I think has changed um, since then. And there is a lot more even collaborations with CPMs and CNMs in Philadelphia area now um, and a lot more education as to, like, you know, their experience and and comfort level and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, I just really enjoyed, um, you know, I, I did decide to go the RN route even before I was 100% sure I wanted to become a midwife, and then I just loved the nursing um, so much, and wanted to be able to have, you know, some uh, more options um, as as a career than
0: just doing home birth. Mm -hmm. And what school did you attend? And share with us why you chose that school.
1: I well, know you mentioned uh,
0: Frontier, so yeah. That's, that's and right I, there. I mean, being in Kentucky and knowing about
1: Frontier and the history behind it, but I mean, I, I always, I just thought it was so amazing to think about these um, midwives back in the day on horseback going to, to reach these, um, these mamas mm-hmm. who like the only way to reach them is on horseback and. Mm-hmm. And then knowing that not only were they working with the women and um, who are pregnant or in childbirth, but with the whole family. And I think that's what intrigued me about um, Frontier. And I living in Philadelphia, there was two um, other midwifery programs right there in my own city. And I didn't even apply. I just knew I was, I knew Frontier was the right school for me. Um, it did backfire a little bit because in Philadelphia, because of having those two schools right there, um, finding clinicals was very difficult for me um, because all of the hospitals are um, contracted out with those, with those um, midwifery programs. But um, I still feel like it's worth it and it worked itself out and I, I had to drive very far to get to my clinical but it was a great experience and I was able to get um get an in with a birth center and a hospital experience so it, it worked out for me and it was much cheaper
0: too I will say that was the other op- other reason that's what I hear yeah can you tell us I have a lot of frontier interviewees but share how the program was set up through frontier um well I don't I don't know a ton about how
1: other programs work, but I do know that one of the big differences is, I mean, number one, it's you do go in for what they call frontier bound for about five days to just as an orientation um, before you actually start taking classes. Then all of your classwork is online. Um, And you can can go full-time or part-time, which I liked because I wanted to be able to still work. Um, So I did do more part time, um, which still felt like a lot to me, but you get through it. Um, And then once you're done all the classwork, then you go back for clinical bound, which is another, I think, about five days um, back in Kentucky. And you do like all the sims where you're like, you know, simulation labs, and, and you're going through lots of different scenarios, make, getting yourself to a better comfort level with the actual birth, with shoulder dystocia, with postpartum hemorrhage, with all those types of things, with suturing. Um, and then um, after that is when you start your clinical. And now that what I have seen from meeting other students in other programs, you're in clinical and then class at the same time. So it's mm-hmm. just, a, it's a different setup and i personally like because i never experienced the other side like i i felt like it worked great for me and the the midwives that i know really well um who have worked with frontier students and worked with other school students they actually say that the frontier students um are some of their favorites as far as clinical um precepting their students so I mean that was one of the reasons
0: why I felt comfortable with the the setup as well. I did not attend Frontier and I think the the way they have it set up is the best way really. Mine was integrated throughout, but I liked how Frontier is set up. Oh that's that's good to hear. Yeah, it's really <laughs> nice. Um and you just graduated this year? I graduated in January. Okay. How did you manage Work life, mom life, school life. How was your balance? Um, so my husband's
1: work um was extremely flexible. Um actually more so than we would have liked. We were it was so I I had a job um before I went back to school for my CNM, I had a job that was like nine to five um, in a federally qualified health center as an RN prenatal nurse. But before that job, I had had a job where I would do home visits for pregnancy for high risk pregnancy and then postpartum. And I could basically set my own schedule. And it made enough money that, you know, even with working less hours than what I was doing at the clinic, I could have, you know, end up making about the same and so I went back to that job, even though I loved working at the FQHC. I just love that model. Um, but I, I did. I also love home health. So I did that during the during the years of doing the online um, coursework because um, I just wanted to have more time at home to study. And I am one of those people who just I, I am not a fast reader. I am not. Like, I'm, I knew I needed more time to study. I can't crunch and procrastinate and all of that. So so I had to, like, have scheduled study time every day. And so I, my kids are in school, so I would do it typically when they were in school. And then, I'll, unfortunately, sometimes I still felt like I needed to do it at night when they were home. And, you know, I just, I mean, it was hard. I just had to keep reminding myself, like, this is a season. I know that it's going to get... Better And it has, I will say, getting to the other side of it. Like I have so much more time with my kids and I'm, you know, kind of making up for lost time, but they're in the, in those couple of years of being at the coursework. It was, it was hard. I'm not going to lie. And I know it's extremely hard for people who have babies and toddlers um, and you need to have a support system around you. But I, I was really blessed that my husband was, his work schedule was flexible enough to like take kids their activities and or take them to school and from school and and all that stuff so it was not as much pressure on me now once I got to the clinical time I um, actually was already planning on um, decreasing my amount of home visits so I was going to go down to part-time and my husband was going to try to find some more more work to kind of make up the income Um, and then it turned out I ended up losing my job the program cool. shut down altogether, like right before clinical started. And I was, I, I was so upset about it, because I wanted to be. my plan was, is, you know, just go down to part time during my clinical time, and then go, and then I would be able to increase my hours again when clinicals were over and just stay with that job until I found the perfect midwifery job in the Philadelphia area. But, um, but then I lost my job. And the but now I know the blessing of it is that I, I was able to go on unemployment um, during that whole season of clinicals mm-hmm. and not have to worry. Like that helped us financially. And then um, and then it jobs did open up in the Philadelphia area, not in Philadelphia. I still would have had to commute over an hour, um, but they were not the kind of jobs that I would have wanted. And I, you know, I did get a couple of offers and I ended up. Um, finding this one, this job that I have in Indiana, which I'll tell you about in a bit, but, um, that, um, I think not having that job to kind of lean in on kind of forced me to make that leap of faith and do, do something what I knew was best, not, not just for me and my career, but I feel like in the end for my family as well. So, in the end, it all worked out good, but it was a hard balance. And at the time, especially the school, schooling part, once I got into clinical and I, I, like I said, I had to commute really far. So I don't know how I would have even managed just, you know, a small amount of patients because I was on call as well. So I would be staying out there for, for like several days at a time, just staying in a, like a dorm room um, that they offered me for free. And I would stay there just being on call. And sometimes I'd be out there for on call and like never get called. And I was just so frustrating all that time away from family. But that's that's just the reality for some of these clinical sites. (laughs) That's just how it
0: is. That was a nice share. I appreciated that you touched on. Excuse me. That it's a season and you get through it. And yeah, that's important things to hear. So money questions. How did you pay for this education?
1: I I actually had to take loans out for every single bit of it and my intention and hope because I had worked at a federally qualified health center before and I knew that they had loan repayment my intention was to hopefully find a job in a place like that where I could get um, my loans paid off that's not what ended up happening but that was my intention Um, but yeah we did end up um, taking the loans out and I know some people have you know, husbands that make a ton of money and can help pay it even if they're not working. That's just that wasn't our situation. And we just figured this is the best investment that we can make for for where we're at in our lives right now. And it
0: felt it felt like the right thing to do. Well, I can reassure you that most people I've spoken to have taken out loans. <laughs> You're <Yeah>. not alone,
1: <laughs> yeah. including
0: me. Um, so that transitions into tell me about how you found your job like, did you use a job board? How did that process go?
1: Well, I had, because of not having that job to fall back on and knowing my unemployment was going to run out, I was starting to look for jobs probably three months into my clinicals. My clinical lasted six months. And, I, and so I started looking um, at the AC&M site every single day. Um, And then when I wasn't finding anything on there, I would start looking at Indeed or um, I remember where else I looked. I I definitely was looking at Indeed and had a um, like notifications coming to me if anything came up. But I was looking every day like I was obsessive about it. (laughs) So I did. um, I did end up finding um, the, the job that I'm in now. I found on the ACNM site. I I had. In Frontier, you have to go to a how to build a birth center workshop. Um, And I had gone to that, I think, in November, October, November. And I had learned at that workshop that there was a birth center in Indiana. My husband um, is from Huntington, Indiana. So we always came out here. Once or twice a year. Huntington is about 50 minutes from where my job is. I had no idea that there was a birth center anywhere near there. Um, But I will tell you, in 23 years of marriage, I've always said we'll never move to Indiana. (laughs) (laughs) I had no desire to move to Indiana. Um, but when I saw this birth center job open up and it, it said open to new graduates, I was like, well, I can't not apply. (laughs) Like, so I, so I sent in my resume. Um, in the meantime, I had, you know, maybe a month before one of the jobs that I had applied for, I got, um, in Atlantic city at FQHC. Um, but you know, that was like a month, like I said, like a month before and the more and more I learned about that job and what it would require, the more I was kind of panicking, like this is not going to be a good fit for me. It was expecting me to see like upwards to 30 patients a day. Mm -hmm. I was going to have this hour and 20 minute commute. It was um, a 12 hour shift in the labor and delivery. So you no continuity of care. Um, And then um, I the good thing, only good thing about the job that was appealing to me was the loan repayment and that I would be able to use my Spanish cuz I I did I've been using my Spanish and my nursing for several years now and wanted to continue doing that. Um so th- those were the only two pros. Everything else was like, nope, I don't you know, I can't imagine how I'm going to handle 30 patients a day. Mm-hmm. So um, anyways, when I, when I interviewed, I got the interview right away with a job in Indiana. And when I talked to Stephanie, the midwife who started the birth center, who also was a Frontier grad, who when she went through that, how to build a birth center workshop and, and project at school, she actually did it. <laughs> she started the birth center. And wow. I, I mean, I was just so amazed by her story and how she, she saw the need in her community. As a labor and delivery nurse, she saw the need. And then she just addressed it. And I mean, she was just so matter of fact about it. And it was just amazing that she, she, she did it so, um, I don't know, she just, she's very, she understands the business mo- side of things, but she is so with women. And it's not, I, I've never met someone who's so rounded as a, um, as a midwife with their giftings. And I wanted, I was very drawn to her and, and wanting to be mentored by her. And when I so when I asked the question to her about like how now I would be doing deliveries at the birth center and at the hospital and I don't have a comfort level to be by myself at the birth center, like how how much time am I going to have with you mentoring me or being there with me um, for births until, you know, I'm on my own? she said, as long as you need, she said, I anticipate it being as much as a year. And I, I mean, to me, that was like the biggest factor for making that decision because Mm -hmm. in the other practice where I would have been number one I wouldn't have even been working with a midwife it would be OBGYN and number two they were just like yeah I'll give you a couple weeks orientation then you're out on your own Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that's not that's not I I, when you graduate midwifery school like you need continual mentorship you need more Mm -hmm. more time and so I I felt like this job was just calling to me and I it would we took several months to think about it and pray about it because it's a huge thing to take our kids out of their where they've been raised and and from all of our friends and all of our connections after living in Philly for 20 years Um, but honestly I can say like this I I get to see no more than 15 patients a day and and that's that's high Um, and that's and that gives me time to spend time with my patients. I'm in the office three days a week. And then I'm on call 24-7 for my patients. So I I can choose how many deliveries I want to do a month. And um, if I, if I want to be more busy, I can be more busy and make more money. If I want to be – if I want to um, – have more of a part-time hours and less births a month and I'll, I'll see less patients. It's like that. There's a flexibility in this job, which I've never seen anywhere else have. Mm
0: -hmm. So that's a very unique thing. And you, they choose if they want to do a birth center or a hospital.
1: Yes. Our, we don't, because our birth center doesn't get enough patients coming through it. We can't afford to do Medicaid. Patients. That's one of the things that I was kind of disappointed about because I do have, I mean, working in an FQHC and working um, mostly with Medicaid patients in Philadelphia, I was really disappointed about that aspect of it. But um, we do see Medicaid patients in our office and we do ho- deliveries in the hospital for Medicaid patients. And our hospital labor and delivery unit was actually designed by Stephanie Um, So when the this is a small town hospital that only sees like 200 and some deliveries a year. Mm -hmm. And so when, when Stephanie started the birth center, just a couple blocks away, um, doing water births there, they've started losing a lot of patients to the birth center. And so they decided they wanted Stephanie to come in and design the labor and delivery unit with um, to be able to do water births at the hospital as well. So We have a beautiful labor and delivery unit and I can tell my Medicaid patients that want the birth center experience that we will do. We will make it as much like the birth center experience for them there, which is, I mean, it really, and it truly has been, it's a great place to deliver if you are going to be in a hospital.
0: Yeah. So you and her practice um, in your birth center, in a clinic and the hospital, is that right?
1: Yes. And there's actually three of us. Corey is the other midwife that's been there for several years as well. Um, So if we do, like I told you, we do have our own patients that we have that continuity of care with. Um, But if um, one of us, you know, has another birth going on or if we're out of town or whatever, we cover for one uh, one another. Um, So three seems to be like the the sweet spot for, for this practice, at least at this point with how busy we are. Um, And so they had had another midwife um, who left about six months prior and they had been kind of overly busy
0: because of not having that third midwife. So I filled Mm -hmm. that gap. Now, are you three, do you have set call days or are you just on call for your particular patients. Yeah,
1: we're on call for our particular patients. And then, <laughs> like I said, if we need to leave town, or, you know, we encourage one another to go on vacation, or, um, you know, even if it's just something like, um, you know, I, I think one of us had a birthday or something recently, and we had plans with a group of friends for a few hours. So we can just send a text to one another saying, hey, can you answer calls for me for the next few hours, which, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll go days and days without getting any calls from our patients, but Mm -hmm. just in case, like if we want to be be able to turn our phone off for a few hours, we can do that for one another.
0: Yeah. Now do you get like a set salary and then get, you talked about making more money with more births. Do you get paid per birth? Is that how that works? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's actually, I'm, I'm the only one in the practice who has gotten a contract with the hospital. So they, because they were without a, mid, a third midwife for six months, there was a real need. And um, so the OBGYN, that's within our practice, um, he he went to the hospital and asked them to basically supplement my income because if I if I were to come on and just make whatever money I made based off of the revenue, um, you know, with the overhead being taken away and all that, I would, I would probably make $10,000 this year. And I just can't afford to do that, obviously. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, the hospital is basically supplementing my income for the first year. And the, with the hope that by the second year, with my revenue, I'll be at least getting that amount, if not more, um, seeing the amount of patients that I plan on seeing. So it, it, it ends up being, um, like a, a, this is just like a rough estimate, but it ends up being that if I see, if I do like nine to 10 deliveries a month average, um, then I would be making what a, what a normal full-time midwife in this area would make,
0: which mm-hmm.
1: felt pretty reasonable to me.
0: Yeah. Could you put a number on like how many hours you work a week? It um, seems so vague. It seems yeah, like that's it, <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I am in the office um 24 hours a week. Um roughly. I mean, sometimes I leave early if I don't have patients, like if I if the sometimes my day ends by 3, my last patients at 3 and so I might get out out early and so it's no like clocking in and out kind of thing. Um Uh, And then obviously, like the amount of time that you're taking calls, which for I, I as my patient panel has been ramping up, I haven't really had that much of that. Um, And then you just don't know how long your births will be. If it's a hospital birth, if you're in there a lot less hours than if it's a birth center birth. Um, So I, I would, I when I asked Stephanie that question, like when she was working, when she was working probably. An average of ten births a month. Um, what What was her average hours? And she said if she had to put average hours, it would probably be around thirty six to forty. Um, but that's, I mean, it can be very different week to week.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, you might yeah. have a
1: week where there's no births, and then a week where you're like not getting any sleep at all. So yeah. it's like, you know, it really is. It evens out to being about that.
0: Yeah. It sounds like a really nice job and I lo- love the transition that you're having between birth center and you're available for both. Yeah,
1: I mean that's, the, yeah, like I said, I I absolutely love the birth center. My only um, hope that someday in the future, and I think this is going to, you know, have a lot of things are going to have to change with regulations and all of that, um, that maybe one day we'll be able to take Medicaid patients, but And then my other only, the only sad part about my job is I don't have Spanish-speaking patients, so Mm -hmm. I'm working on um, getting the word out that we we do have a Spanish-speaking midwife in our birth center, but there aren't a whole lot of Latinas in in Auburn, the small town of Auburn. There is in Fort Wayne, but not in Auburn.
0: Yeah. Do you get to, I assume since you have hospital privileges, if you transfer your, your own birth center patient you go with her yes absolutely okay. that is so nice I yeah. I feel like that's not common yeah do you feel like with your teenage children that your work-life balance how do you feel about that
1: see and that's what what I was saying about being better for my family because I am home um like Wednesdays and Fridays are my days home from the, I'm, that I'm not in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I you know, I mean, there might there's going to be Wednesdays and Fridays that I happen to have births going on. But for the most part, I'm I'm home during these days. And then um, even on on office days, I'm typically home by around five, five thirty and um, have the whole rest of the evening to hang out with my kids, take them what they need to go. Um, have dinner with them. And then it's like, you know, after going for several years of studying so much, it feels like I have this crazy amount of free time. So it's been, it's been really a blessing. And then I also, um, you know, I feel like my kids are going to be involved with my the work that I do. So um, there's a freedom for me to bring my 12 year old with me to a birth if, this mama happens to have other kiddos that that are with her and need help with childcare, And my child is really excited about that, you know. So I mean, there's and there's just a lot of community amongst us as midwives. And like, Stephanie has a farm, we were just out there um, this past weekend getting um, some vegetables from her garden and eggs from her chickens. And you know, like, My kids have never, being in Philly, they never got to experience this kind of um, life. And then we also have my in-laws who live close by, and that's been really great for my kids to have that. So there's a lot of, um, you know, good that's come for them, too. And not to say that it hasn't been hard. It has been, um, especially for my 17-year-old, is really grieving leaving her friends at this age. Mm -hmm. But there's been also some really good things that have come out of it. I mean, your job sounds amazing. Yeah, I, I can I see say, why you. Say I, I would, would say, say it, it is. Oh. It's it's um my my um friends who have known me for a long time say say all the time that this is the perfect fit for me, and I do feel like it is. It's just feels like a real godsend.
0: Yeah. So, so can you discuss a little bit about as far as the I you mentioned you had an OBGYN? so assume that's officially with your practice. How are the laws there, and what's required in autonomy and all those things? That's all. The, that's all. I stuff I'm still trying to get wrap my
1: brain around. But okay. we do need to have an OBGYN gyn um, That one. Of, it's kind of a, and I'm, I'm probably not going to even say it completely correctly. Um, how how the law is written, but um, one of it's just one of those weird like regulations that midwives have that doesn't make any sense. And I, I think every state has this for, for midwives um, where the OBG OBGYN has to quote unquote, like, I think review, it's the word that they use, like review um, our charts um, for 5% of our patients. I think that, I think it's 5%. It's something, okay. it's some weird random, um, regulation that is just, it, 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 we have to have a relationship with an OBGYN to do that or we're not legit. Okay. And so it's, um, but we, in our practice, and this is not by rules or regulations, it's just that the, what works well with us and what I love about our practice. And I can give you an example of it is that we're, we, we have that relationship with, um, with our doctor because of the regulations, but also for, because we know our scope of practice and a, and a, a CNM and a CPM should know their um, scope of practice. And, and so if you know, you're having a patient, like I, I had a patient just recently who we were not sure, is this an ectopic or is, it, is, it, is the pregnancy not far enough along what's going on? And so we had to collaborate um, and consult with him, and he's we're in the same office, and that's mm-hmm. really awesome that we have the ability to and relationship, and that he he doesn't ever kind of step on our toes, and we don't step on his. Like he he only comes in when he's needed. There's there's uh, I've never experienced this. I have not experienced this myself, but Stephanie has shared with me that there's some births that. You know, there there might be a concern of shoulder dystocia or something something that we would need um, him for backup, and so he might just come stand in the door and kind of be out of the way in case he's needed, and then mm-hmm. he'll leave if he's not needed. Um, and and he is there's a mutual respect amongst us, and I don't I I feel like that's incredibly rare from what I've mm-hmm. heard from other midwives. So I'm really thankful that even though we have, it seems like a really dumb regulation or rule that we have to follow, it's turned out to be good for us because, um, you know, it's keeping us together and, and we, we respect one another really well.
0: Mm -hmm. And honestly, I feel like even just having that, oh, they have to review your charts and, and, you know, I don't gather that you feel that way, but for somebody who was, bothered by that I think that that is a good idea even amongst each other as midwives to check each other's charting and make sure you're still staying up on evidence and that you're like even if I said hey Laura you missed this one thing in this chart and you were like oh gosh thanks for letting me know you know right right, right. a basic chart review yeah professionals should do yeah you're right yeah I agree yeah so I know you just moved there but do you have a general idea of what a new grad somewhere in your area of Indiana could make?
1: Yeah, I I Googled it and I don't know how accurate it is to um, the practices in, in my actual city. But when I Googled it, it said around a hundred thousand as, as average, which is what it was um, in Philadelphia area too. So Um, I was actually kind of surprised by that because the cost of living is so much less here. So we, um, I had mentioned I, I had had that loan reimbursement at that other job in New Jersey, but I don't have that here. But what we ended up doing was we, when we sold our house in Philadelphia and bought the house here, which is a bigger house, but for a lot less money, we were able to use the excess to pay off my loans. Wow. (laughs) So I'm debt free. (laughs) Um, nice because of moving here that was the other pro um
0: but uh and you don't have to see 30 patients a day exactly (laughs) but i do
1: know i know the hospital um there's a huge hospital system here in fort wayne called parkview that has um bought out a lot of small hospitals including the they just this month bought out the hospital that we're in in um, auburn um they do offer loan repayment for their um for their nurses and like they'll offer, for, and, and that includes nurse midwives. And they'll, I know a, a, I know a friend that has her masters in nursing. I can't remember which masters, not midwifery, but um, she's going for her DNP now, and they're covering that. So there, there are, um, you know, opportunities in this area, and the cost of living is so low. So I mean, I, I think that's pretty amazing for this area that that a midwife makes that much money
0: yeah and so how long have you been practicing I don't think I got that answer my job started at the end of May so since then okay and it hasn't been too long but how have you what what is your why now as you've practiced a little bit and and gotten your hands dirty what's your why that brings you to work now as a midwife
1: Well, I have had some really unusual, um, firsts. I, it's kind of become the joke of, um, kind of not funny, not funny kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, all, it seems like a lot of the first time I do different things, um, something really rare happens. So like my first time I put an exclon on in, my patient passed out on me, like which is super rare for oh, no. that to happen. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean that's just one example. But but um my first of my own I not the first delivery that I did, but the first of my own patients was a stillborn. And oh. that was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. And I I really struggled um and cuz it when you when you know, when there's a stillborn oftentimes there's a several day induction and and so i i just was really distraught during those few days um but then with after the actual delivery i just really had this aha moment of realizing that when i made this commitment to becoming a midwife which means with woman, um And it's not just being with women in joyous times. There's also, there's been so many hard losses since I've been a midwife. And it's, I mean, I haven't even been here very long, but there's just been a lot of really not, not just losses of pregnancies, but, you know, other, other hard things with my patients. And I just, like, I go back to what, how I felt as a, as a young girl when I, Didn't really even know I was going to be a nurse or a midwife, but I knew I was called to some kind of compassionate work. And and I feel like my why is that I am ingrained with compassion. Like that's just who I am. And so I can have this ability to be with women in the most beautiful day of their life and in the hardest day of their life. And um, it's growing me as a person, as a human being, and it's um, and how I see the world and and, and as a mother to my girls. And, you know, I, I just feel like women deserve that connection with other women when they're going through those wonderful moments and hardest moments, you know, and they deserve to be heard. They deserve to be have someone present with them in those moments. And yeah, I mean, it's just, a, it's an amazing gift to be able to be part of that.
0: It is a gift. That was a beautiful answer. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You have talked about you are a compassionate person, but throughout all this journey, motherhood, school, do you have a characteristic you feel that you have that has made you successful and gotten you where you are today?
1: I um, I think the first thing that comes to mind for, to answer that would be that I know, I know my limits. I know like what I know and I know what I don't know. And so that was, that's, that's why it's important I feel like it's important for every new midwife to be in a practice where you have support. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to be successful as a midwife when, because I know when I need to ask for help or I know when I need, um, to collaborate with OBZYN or whatever. And, you know, cause when I, when I think about success, um, it's not just about being compassionate and being with women. It's also being safe. You know, we, when you go to your, per, to your practitioner for your pregnancy, or, you know, even if it's for birth control or whatever it might be, like you want to know that you're in a safe place and that you're going to be well taken care of. And so I, to me, that is such a part of my of success is that my patients are safe with me. And, mm-hmm. and I can only, feel safe if I know I have people that I can lean into if I have questions or doubts or whatever so and knowing my resources too and what I have available to me even on my my all my little apps that I have on my phone to (laughs) if I have you know can't remember things you know because I am I I do I struggle with remembering like um what antibiotic is this person supposed to be on for this thing or that thing but I am I I am not embarrassed to just pull out my app and look it up right in that moment because I don't want to put someone on the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I as a new midwife, until things are more ingrained in your brain, like you need to like continually use those resources. Can you best. name
0: a few of those apps you're using? Um I like the the
1: SD or CDC antibiotics and the CDC STD treatments and the, I'm just looking up, looking at my phone now, the LactMed, mm-hmm. Med. Um, I don't, haven't used the, the Menopro much, but I was in my clinical setting um, for menopause and then contraception. I, You know, I found that to be really useful just to double check. Even if I think I know all the contraindications for contraception, I still look at it because sometimes when you're busy and you're kind of thinking in your mind something might be completely correct. There's been a couple of times when, like, I've gone back to my computer to grab something and then the thought has crossed my mind. Oh, I forgot to ask about migraines with aura. And then that caught me. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think looking at it, making sure. Um has been really helpful for me. Um those are the those are the top ones that I use. Yeah, those are some of my favorites.
0: So you've said so many amazing things. I think your journey is great and and aspiring midwives can get a lot out of your story. Do you have any last minute advice that you would give to somebody who wants to be a midwife? I say do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so worth it, and you know, I, I especially
1: think of all the the women that I met in my journey who were um, either pregnant, having babies, um, in those early stages of parenting, and pushed through, and are just, you know, I I also re- reiterate what I said earlier: it's a season, and you're going to get through it, and you're going to. Um, Get to the other side and be glad that you did it. And for those of us who are like me, who have older kids or maybe even, you know, out of the house and you're just older and it's never too late. Like I I met plenty of students who are older than me and it's never too late to, to, to you know, fulfill those dreams of yours. And there's so many ways to be a midwife. So many ways. Like you, like this is my dream job, but it's certainly not most people's dream jobs to be on call 24/7. Yeah. Um, so there's there's so many options out there for for midwives, and so I just, you know, I always feel like even if you end up going into, and I, I know that there have been m- women who've gone through, or not just women. I say women. I had men in my program too. Um, but mostly women um, who go through the midwifery program, they become a midwife, and then they're like, oh, this is really not for me. Yeah. You yeah. know, that, that's okay. There's no shame in that. Like, there's no. still going to be awesome opportunities for you and other types of jobs, other types of fields um, that might not be delivering babies, um, but they'll still be using what you've learned in the process.
0: Exactly. And some that decide they want to be stay-at-home parents after their Yes, and That is absolutely. fine, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Laura. Your story was great, and I cannot wait to share it. Well, thank you. It was good to meet you, Amber. Laura's job is so amazing. She gets to work in both birth center and hospital settings with a welcoming hospital institution. Thank you, Laura, for sharing your story with us. If you can safely do so, stop and take a second to screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram at midwife.mommy. Please take a moment and check out my website, too, at www.journeytomidwifery.org. And don't forget to leave a great iTunes review. Until next time, friends.